Namaste everyone. In today's podcast, I am on the other side this time. Uh, usually, I am being asked a few questions which I usually answer. But this time, I have a wonderful guest on this podcast show that we have been regularly broadcasting. Uh, I have Bapu Padmanabh from Bangalore, India. on the other side uh, bapu for those who don't know is an amazing uh, musician he is a wonderful bansuri player and also has more than 10 cds to his credit which he has done with uh, bansuri as well as some wonderful hypnotic meditative vedic chanting and i'm truly excited and privileged to have him on this show with me and uh, i'm really looking forward to discuss a few things in context of mantra as well as indian music so bapu welcome to our uh, podcast namaste manish namaste namaste bapu wonderful to have you here and uh, uh Yes, though usually we hang out together when we are in India, plus we play live music whenever we have a chance. But right now, uh, this uh, situation is forcing us to be online and uh, having this podcast. But nevertheless, I'm happy that you are here and uh, uh, as much as you have graced the uh, some of my cds with your wonderful bansuri playing and uh chanting so i'm uh, hoping that the same uh, beauty would come into this podcast sharing your experiences your knowledge about this wonderful subject of mantras so i want to start by asking that when did your connection with the mantras started okay so the connection with mantra started uh, when i was uh, uh, in my childhood so my birthplace uh, it's near a uh, uh, wonderful ancient temple hariyareshwara temple uh, there uh, we have a ritual that uh, uh, we should learn this mantras as a, a part of our uh, education so i used to go to the uh, gurukula the place called as where the guru will be sitting and he's teaching uh, the mantras so from uh, in my childhood it started okay and can you describe a little bit about that phase of training in the chanting okay uh, the thing is uh, uh, we used to sit around the guru or the teacher master so he used to teach us the mantras line by line and word by word and the disciples they used to uh, repeat the same line for three times thrice they have to re- uh, repeat so like that the mantra training and the learning process was there 
Okay. And approximately for how long this lasted? Oh, I think 12 years. Every day. 12 we used years. To, on a we, daily basis. Yes, on a daily basis. So. <laughs> and roughly how many hours in a day? Uh, two hours. Every day, two, two hours. Two hours a day for yeah. 12 Correct. years. Correct. Correct. So there uh, we have a matha matha means the place the where, monastery a uh, monastery uh, the place where uh, we used to le- we are learning the mantras as well as we are serving there uh, by cleaning the monastery and uh, cooking and serving the uh, devotees so like karma yoga karma <laughs> in the morning time we used to be in the schools for the education which will nourish our uh, mental training and uh, when we come back from the school so we used to be in the monastery that will enrich our uh, heart and the soul parts mm-hmm. so in that journey i mean can you express that what has been the significance of all this proper training and guidance from the uh, the you know the eligible gurus Okay, when uh, uh, we were learning in the childhood, so at that time we were not much uh, worried about the technicalities and the importance of these uh, words and mantras and the verses. But day by day when we grew up, so later on after uh, doing these uh, meditations and other sadhanas, when we, I introduced this word uh, for meditation in 2000 at Osho Commune, so from there slowly 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 it started uh, after this meditating process started so what is the significance of sound i used to i enjoy the nada brahma meditation there so mm-hmm. from there it started oh all the gongs which are here uh, played in this uh, meditation process so they are all ending up in om 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 so they are in a different different scales and uh, keys so then i realized oh we used to do all the same thing in my childhood so then slowly slowly i started going to reading the original text of the mantras in sanskrita and slowly slowly i came to know oh it's not only a, a verses and they are not simply a words they are uh, not linguistic they are a phonetic languages it's very musical and uh, the arrangement of the words they are very grammatically as well as musically and uh, vibrationally also they are designed in such a way that if we chant properly along with the proper pronunciation and the proper uh, uh, musical the swaras what we care so udatta anudatta sparita so definitely it will change the way we Uh, see the uh, words they are not only a words they are beyond words so will you say that uh, before uh, someone starts chanting or singing in sanskrit the understanding and a proper training of the language is necessary definitely definitely it's uh, needed because uh, they are simply not a language every word especially in sanskrit uh, the ancient language uh, they are all 
very deeply associated with the vibrational parts in our nerve system for example uh, if i if i want to say p so we write p a p but if i want to uh, exactly say that there is one more word called as f f f p p is different vibes f is different uh, vibrations and p is different so in panini ashtadhyayi he explains and he derives the properly the words and the importance of uh, uh, explaining the words and so that's why this basic training is very much needed so that means pronouncing correctly creates the right vibration is it so e- exactly 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 so when if somebody has no clue what should be the pronunciation in if they if they just look at the text mm-hmm. then it will not create that vibration which is supposed to which is hidden in the in the sound in the text yes exactly exactly the shabda uh, the word when there are two things when we call it as a word it's simply a word but in that word there is a shabda the sound so we should know the both way the music that's why in india we call it as a nada yoga for example if uh, everybody knows this uh, popular gayatri mantra the first word bhu hu bhuvaha so if i join it it sounds bhur bhuvaha bhur bhuva so this is the combination of this word and if I, if if i simply see the text without any uh, proper training of these words and the ma- uh, master in front of us so i may chant om bu bu bur bua so if i say bu small bu it simply vibrate in the throat level bu bu but if you say bhu it st- it comes from your nabhi the navel part both are bhur bhuva om bhur bhuva bhu bhu so each word is very very important and it should be the we call it as a swara shuddhi so in short that training is very much required before even entering into the world of chanting or singing the sanskrit mantras or verses or shlokas so there is no bypassing it right? no 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 right mm. great so uh also from the you know because no, you are not only trained in uh, this you know intense training of chanting and the language uh and especially in the atmosphere of gurukul for 12 years and that must have really created created a very profound foundation but you have been also learning music since many years and you are an accomplished bansuri flute player so from the musical perspective when you put mantras to music what is your process of approaching the mantras or what is your uh, vision how you want to give music to a certain mantra 
there are some uh, beautiful verses there uh, when we divide these mantras in different sections one is specially designed for chantings so proper pronunciation there are already fixed swaras in that so in our musical way we can say that the composition is fixed the swaras are fixed if you go from south to north and east to west the swaras will be same and everything everybody will be singing in a common uh, uh, mode can you give an example uh, for example om ganana antva ganapati gumhavamahe kavinka venamupamashravastamam ज्येष्ठराजं ब्रह्मणां ब्रह्मणस्पत आनश्रृण्वन्नूतिभस्सेदसादनम् सो दिस इज अबाउट गणेश सो अबाउट द लॉर्ड गणेश दिस इज अ काइंड ऑफ चांटिंग एकदंताय विद्महे वक्रतुंडाय धीमहि तन्नो दचोदयात सेम थिंग इफ वी टेक अनदर वर्स फ्रॉम द गणेश गणेश सूक्ता समथिंग पंचरत्न एंड दिस दट इज फॉर द सिंगिंग पर्पस मुदाकोदक सदा विमुक्ति साधक सो द word and the verses which are designed they themselves are having a composition inside that inside that because it's already uh, written uh, by a person who is beyond normal person and below the mystic level means he is in between the music and mysticism so it sounds like a music but it's beyond music so that's why whenever we want to compose means we want to put these verses into the music especially the indian music means the indian the background of indian classical music is very much essential as far as my personal experience is there because the ragas and the other structures which are there in india they are designed and arranged in such a way that Uh, it starts from one note from there two notes and then three and then seven 12 notes 16 and 22 shrutis so we should uh, if we are first thing swara shuddha and then afterwards this ragas the structure of the indian the modes of indian classical music whether it may be south indian music or north indian music so we have to understand this the basic thing so then it's very easy for us to connect the vibrational aspects of aspects of this verses into a musical mode which will touch the heart so why do you think that uh, also when somebody is considering to put mantras or sanskrit verses to music why do you think it is important of uh, why do you think that it is important to learn and have a foundation of indian music and understanding of indian music 
in connection to the mantras what, what is that connection because it's originated here so the originated the foundation is here slowly on the foundation we need to build the walls and on that wall only we need to put the ceiling and then paint it so then it it's a beautiful house and do you think that like is there a connection between let's say different deities with ragas yes yes like uh, there are different verses and the arrangement of the words uh, is related to some deity and that deity is having a particular shape and the picture and particular words of the verses and particular composition of raga they are in such a way so that everything comes in the straight line the vision and hearing and and then feeling samyak drishti samyak shravan and samyak bhava a right way of seeing right way of hearing and right way of feeling it is also what we know as rasa you know to bring hmm. the correct rasa through the raga correct into correct. the mantra or the verses exactly wow and that all this requires a lot of patience i believe yes because it starts from the first lesson in gurukula is sahana that's the patience <laughs> that that comes uh, that's very very important and it's not uh, easily it cannot be achieved <laughs> because it cannot be replicated exactly so, like sai baba um, used to say shraddha and saburi exactly exactly so moving on uh you are quite familiar with the modern or the western mantra movement which has been going on since last 20 or 30 years and uh while we in india have a a certain approach to all the devotional content so what is your personal observation or opinion about what is going on in the west when it comes to mantras and kirtans and other rendition of eastern indian texts ah uh. as we discussed earlier then there are some verses which are uh, good to arrange in the musical notes as i discussed with you early if a person is well trained in the linguistic approach of this verses first thing we need to understand the language properly because sanskrita is such a language that uh, uh, if you read the text it looks a very short huh? but uh, if you go deep into that it's having a brahmanda the whole universe is there in that thing uh, so what happens is when we there are two things one already there is a script so if you go deep into that thing that script and the space in between the words they are already having some compositions hidden in in that verse normally what happens second st- uh, style of uh, approaching this is i have some groove with me like a musical groove along with me 
and I want to put those words into this music. Here what happens is, uh, verses, they have their own uh, way of vibrations. Triambakam yajamahe sugandhim pushte vardhanam so already uh, the valuation of these uh, words they are already in their own way of uh, structure now what happens is i have some composition so i need to put those words into that composition so you are trying to squeeze something else into something exactly. else exactly the moment i squeeze something the whole meaning of the mantra is going to be disturbed and it it give you another meaning for example soham soham so this is the one word soham but just for the sake of some tone if i so 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 aham no or if but somebody it, extends the so way too long like soham hmm. hmm. will we also lose the meaning right exactly so that's why the ragas and uh, these uh, matras are very much important so if we know this background of the ba- main thing in the mantras manish is the the proper understanding of the verses and the language so they squeeze whole <laughs> upanishad in one word tena tyaktena bhunjita uh you if i write in a t t h e n a like tena tena tectena or maybe it may be tena tectena it may sound like that but uh, vibrationally also it gives some other meaning as well as the grammatically and the sages who are uh, trying to explain the uh, words that's also give a different meaning altogether like we occasionally hear tat sabitur varanyam Ah. <laughs> oh, it's a, it's a th- t- for example um, you can experiment this when we say t the t your upper tongue touches your upper mouth t t but when you say t t t it the tongue comes in between your teeth t t t t is different t see the vibe already first word itself is giving a different vibes tat tat ta no it's gone the it's different like hariyom tat sat it's not mm. tat sat mm-hmm. tat the moment you say tat it 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 touches your uh, <laughs> uh, the tongue comes in between your ta tat 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 ta is different <laughs> so that that means even before even reciting sanskrit or speaking sanskrit one has to learn the alphabet of sanskrit properly 101% that is very very important there are some different exercises and syllabus for, for this so coming back to this so i'm sure you have heard a lot of renderation by the western mantra singers what is your honest take on it 
it's uh, as far as my personal uh, experience or the whatever i heard is that it's a very beautiful ambient the music and uh, they have a good mood in the musical way but when it comes to the uh, verses chantings as we discussed earlier the part which which has to create some vibration in the uh, body maybe a singer or the listener so i am i'm just uh, observing that it is missing there and why do you think that is missing because uh, the proper uh, as we discussed being here in india it takes uh, 12 years or maybe it may a lifetime for us to complete this uh, learning process so then uh, i think uh, the swara shuddhata the swara the cleansing process of these words and verses is very very important and then afterwards only if we chant it gives a proper vibration means the purpose purpose of that uh, mantra will be uh, more beneficial so as i understand that it is important to bring the energy of the mantra through the correct or the proper elements of music then mm. only yes. it will bring its energy in the right way correct. for the listener or for the person who is chanting because uh, there are some uh, musical arrangements which will uh, just reach to our mind level and there are some musical composition which comes to the ear they are very good for soothing you might be aware that there are some music which are playing in the background when we go to restaurant or somewhere so it's it's going on it's there somewhere it is coming into the ears and we'll be busy with our work but when it comes to this uh, chantings so if you start chanting it in a proper way it will make you the it's a alignment process of your uh, all the kendras all the centers if i'm not able to vibrate properly so then it's very difficult to align exactly the right music and the right words and the right chanting is very all these th- uh, are in a linear movement i mean also i will share you one experience of mine is that you know as having grown up in india so we have heard a lot of different uh, powerful versions of gayatri mantra yeah and then when i hear some version by an american or a european so they are more like kind of very soothing or a little bit like sleepy the same mantra and maybe sometimes it's even correctly pronounced but it is more going towards tamasic way while as i understand that gayatri mantra is also related with sun energy savitur so it is correct renderation and correct music will actually not only wake up the energy but brings brings a little bit heat in the system so that means the right ingredient will bring the right energy and the misunderstanding of that element will bring the wrong energy 
although you are singing the same text maybe you can say something about it yeah and that's what uh, the main thing is uh i think we are all because everything in uh, bharat or in india uh, it's always whatever you take here everything is related to the enlightenment process i means towards the moksha it's in a way everything is interconnected with yoga any art you take it's for inner growth for example bhu bhuvaswah tat savitarvare enyam bhargo devasyadi if you take this verse properly and if you are well trained in the words and if you chant in that way the bhu bh it always all the stuff comes from your navel position and if you chant it for one or eight times in a proper way it's like a doing a kapalbhati kind of thing bhu bhur bhu it continues so slowly inside unknowingly the heat will start generating in you because of that process if you say it's directly connected with your breathing process the words bhu bhua like that and uh, coming back to this composition there are two things there are some musical notes arrangement they are specially for relaxation and there are some musical notes arrangement they are for realization so relaxation realization the same word same text uh, if i use a different kind of uh, backgrounds and uh, arrangements of a music it take me to the relaxing mode and if the same text if i use a proper arrangement for the realize, realization purpose then it takes another world in the relaxation mode uh, the silence in between the notes it will take you to the sleep and in in this kind of uh, mystical uh, compositions or the chantings the space will make you to be aware in that space i think you said it wonderfully the difference between relaxation and realization because i think from the eastern perspective real realization is not a relaxing process <laughs> it's on the contrary like what we call tapas yes it's burning it's a yes whole, tapa. like you're burning your old uh, conditionings and beliefs and concepts and ideas correct so definitely it's not a relaxing phenomenon mm. but it is a phenomenon which is worth for a human being and the only and the highest potential of our self correct so music should be also similar which brings us to the realization nothing is wrong with relaxation music mm. but especially when it comes to certain mantras as i yes. understand from you that the right music will create the paths to mm. realization yeah because see the we are very grateful that uh, the mystical people uh, the way they structured it if you take this uh, like some there are some mantra the composition and the structure of the word is like that if a normal person chanted even a child in india if he sings it sounds like a music and we don't need any background music for that 
a group group of people if they start chanting it it create a beautiful harmonies among them tarararariram tarararim datarirum tariririm tararirum tarariririram and see the raga structure tarararirarirararirarara uh, so if uh, if you take only the musical part i can say like tararara tararara 3333444411112 but if you have a proper training in the words mudakaratamodakam sadavimukti sadakam the kam am ram a whole structure itself create a beautiful vibes around us see also here like you said modakam so there is something that i have also observed with my students and other people sometimes when we gather to sing or chant that they don't understand they because they don't know of course that it cannot be modakam <laughs> it has to be modakam am am has to close very fast then only it creates its right vibration right yes because uh, as i explained to you in earlier that each word is having its own significance like a uh, if you say a uh, so your nabhi vibrates a uh. if i give more space to this uh, it becomes ah uh, it totally changes a uh, ah uh. this is very important ru ru see the wonderful a a i i o o au au am aha it's aha not aha aha <laughs> sometime what happens we musicians are we have two bars extra so just elaborated jing jang ti jing jing chak chu a ha ha no 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 a ha yes so again we come to that point that understanding of the language is absolutely important so to round up this uh, discussion that so as you know that here in the west because of the popularity of yoga and mantra also a lot of people are diving into uh singing mantras and kirtans and bhajans and some people aspire to even become professionals in that some people have already become professionals in it uh, most of them without any training so in short what what would be your suggestion to those aspiring people that what what kind of approach they should take when they dive into learning this process okay uh, the best part is there are different layers it's in our uh, it's in our hands to choose where we want to uh, go like uh, first is entertainment the second comes the edutainment <laughs> means whatever we discussed today is it's it's having a entertainment as well as there is some education so that's the second process and third is enlightenment so 90% we tend to go to this entertainment mode already there is lot of stuffs are uh, going around us to entertain us 
i think it's a time that uh, at least for these kind of verses which are already there available maybe in 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 any part of the world if there is something is ancient they experienced it and then they have uh, made these explanations in the mode of text so we should respect the each and every tradition and the uh, the rituals which which are there and we should go deep into that we should first learn properly and then we should start experimenting on our own so then we should decide ki acha after that proper uh, experimenting on ourselves that will decide ki where we should go and how to approach that it's not like that seeing just uh, some uh, uh, taking some instrument and making some groove and trying to fit the words into that groove it's uh, it's a different <laughs> uh, stuff together of course i don't know if you have known this phenomenon that uh, since last many years there has been a phenomenon of mantra concerts here in the west now you you are born and brought up in india you have lived your whole life in india have you ever heard any phenomenon like that in indian tradition no no because especially uh, in if you take very deeply the ancient thing uh, the mantras they used to chant and sing only in the monasteries and in the mathas where the place was properly vibrated and it was maintained in such a way that only those sounds and the vibrations are going to happen there so it's not a performing <laughs> it's an it's an offering so there are different thing when whenever there is a performing performer comes where there is a performer again the in spiritual world we say it's the i comes in offering i have already something in me so that's why i'm offering something to you and the mantras are if you take the meaning of mantras also in such a way that we are just uh, it's a beautiful thanksgiving process to the existence so performing is different music is for performing and for mantras is for offering also there was a tradition earlier in the indian history that music was only played in temples right mm. yeah the drupad singing mm. and all this was only offered in the temples it only came in the courts of the kings much later for the common people and as more like an entertainment phenomenon before that it was always this like you said divine offering to the deities see the because the thing is when uh, first it comes a sound and then sound it will uh, slowly slowly after the training it uh, and the when we start making previously we used to make a sound and then we started talking slowly the talk converted into speaking and the speaking into songs we started singing because sometimes there are some expressions which are uh, uh, difficult to express in the words so then we started singing so in volan stuff uh, whenever a person go very deep into inside uh, so there comes a point where he cannot express in the words so he started singing the bhakti sangeet 
and that sangeeta that composition if you take muthu swami dikshit tagarajas uh, and dasas in 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 south indian stuff and then in kabir gurunanak dev ji in uh, northern part of the india very beautifully designed compositions musically also as well as the words are never uh, related to the physiological things they are beyond they are mystical words and they are having a kind of a zen koans maybe two lines but it's having some different meanings so that's why this is very important again we are coming back that we should have the proper training of the language so proper guidance proper knowledge and proper practice right is absolutely the three pillars of this exactly great to the listeners and the audience of this podcast i also want to let you know that although bapu and i have worked since many years on various projects and uh, i have been uh, very fortunate to have him on almost all of my cds since 2012 i believe right yes yes yeah. <laughs> and uh, since then yes uh, you know continuous collaboration has been going on and one of the latest one which is going to be released soon is uh, a gayatri mantra and where uh, bapu has also been gracious to lend his voice as well as some amazing flute playing and this versions you will hear in two uh, formats one a short format and one is a proper 108 chanting and since we are talking about 108 chanting bapu could you in short um, say something about the significance of 108 times chanting of all the mantras yeah the thing is uh, in very short slowly slowly once we repeat any word the mananaiti mantra it starts vibrating it starts first in a few cycle it cleanses our physiological thing and slowly in the second cycle it cleanses the mind slowly we we are get attain uh, attention will come to that concentration comes and in third circle it starts going into the inside the heart hmm so there are different explanations i think we need to do one more podcast just for the <laughs> explanation of 108 right yes absolutely so in short as you told that 108 we let us divide into that fourth stuff 27 uh, kind of thing so mm. it comes to the point right i'm sure there is a scientific foundation to that also and as you said maybe we'll have another another uh, podcast discussion on this because this is like you know i mean as you know we both are from india and uh, though we have been involved in this field for many years but i am sure you will agree that this is a process which begins but never ends never ends yes yes so uh, in that way even a few lifetimes is not enough to even grasp a small portion of what it has to offer true true but and that's why i think the responsibility becomes much more bigger yeah. that when a tradition is so vast when a tradition is so ancient it is very important that we 
represented represent it in its purest form possible mm. without uh, distorting it or uh, making it ungraceful right yeah good yes. well uh babu i really want to thank you from the bottom of my heart that you gave your precious time uh i'm sure we all have learned something about this amazing uh, tradition of sound vibrations and silence and uh, i want to encourage uh, the audience of this podcast to also check out some of the amazing creations that bapu has created one of my favorite is the rudra chanting that he has done a few years ago and uh, i would highly recommend that you listen to it with find a place a space where you can be you will not be disturbed and just sit with a little candle and an incense close your eyes and listen to this very very powerful uh, rendition of shiva's uh, verses called rudra and you you will know what i mean when 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 something comes from an authentic source with a proper training and uh, understanding what kind of energy it can create so please uh, spare some time and listen to this creations and bapu has created many other uh, cds with similar feel as well as some beautiful instrumentals and as i said you will very soon hear this uh, version of gayatri and uh, of course uh, we will continue to work together for years to come because we, we both love our culture we both respect immensely what india has to offer to the world and uh, it is incredible blessing to be having born in this place and to learn a little bit of what this land and what this culture has to offer so bapu i want to thank you once again and uh, hopefully yeah. we'll get one one more chance yes to share some of your uh, knowledge in this field sure and uh, i'm sure audience will also look forward to that so yeah thank you manish thank, thank you so you. much again and uh, have a wonderful day yeah thank you thank you manish thank you